On this week's podcast, episode 14, I speak to Samuel Black, headshot photographer based in London, former model and actor, about his work and about during harder times. He now operates in London, shooting regular people along with celebrities. So enjoy this conversation. This is The Photography Junkie. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Photography Junkie. I'm your host Jay and this week I am going to be bringing you a guest. Uh, Not only do I like to have people on the show that inspire me, but I also like to get onto the show people who inspire you as well. So with that in mind, I put a post out on Purple, which is a portfolio site, asking who inspires you. And one of the people who replied, shout out to Jess Sheard Photography, suggested that I get Samuel Black on the podcast. So I reached out and here he is. Welcome to the show, Samuel. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it. Now, do you prefer Samuel or Sam? Oh, Sam, please. Yeah, that's uh, no problem at all. So, um, can you tell us about your your journey from being an actor and a fashion model and becoming a, a portrait photographer? Yes, well, it was it's sort of an interesting um, journey. I, I moved to London uh, when I was eighteen uh, to study acting. I went to the uh, well, it's now the Royal. Central School of Speech and Drama, but when I was there, it was it was the common Central School of Speech and Drama, and um, yeah, I, I, I always had a sort of keen interest in um, performance and uh, performing, I guess, and and it's kind of what I wanted uh, to to pursue. But as as I got here, um, I guess I'll just give you the whole story. I mean, as as I got here, uh, not not along uh, not long after. Uh, graduating, I was approached uh, by Zone Model Management. Uh, he was a, I don't know if they're still going actually. I mean, it's so bloody long ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they they sort of liked how I looked and said, you know, do you want to come in and and, um, and be a, a fashion model with us? And, you know, of course, I immediately called my mum and was like, Mum! <laughs> um, because I I was, I think 20, I must have been 20 or, or maybe even 19, I can't remember. It was a long, long time ago. Um, so this was 2008 or something like that. But um, yeah, so I, I went in, I, I, we looked at the website, made sure it was legit. Pro tip for anyone listening who um, wants to find out if a modeling agency is legit. Let me just quickly Google if that website still exists, but there used to be one called AMA, um, the Association of Modeling Agencies. Um, Association of Modeling Agencies. Oh, it's now called the British Fashion Model Agencies Association. If anyone is out there listening and has been approached by a modeling agent, that's where you check if it's legit. Um, so once we discovered it was legit, I went in, I had my meeting and was signed. And I worked as an actor and a model then for about eight years after that. Um, and honestly, I came to photography um, because I had a camera. I was always keen on, um, well, at that time it was making movies. Um, but to my out of work actor friends, I became friend with camera. 
um, which automatically made me the number one headshot photographer for them because I was free. <laughs> and and what specifically about say. headshots was it that sort of grabbed you? Um, well, honestly, it was my my friends uh, at the time uh, who were out of work and, and performing needed headshots but couldn't afford to get new ones. Um, so they they I I had a camera. And um, and they sort of said, oh, if, if I bring you a bottle of wine, will you do my headshots? And of course, it was the best day ever because I got a free bottle of wine when I was, you know, 23 or something. And um, yeah, that was uh, that's sort of how it started. And they all started doing well and the headshot went out and, and you know, was put in the cast announcements. And, you know, as the shows got bigger, the publications got bigger and Suddenly, I thought it to be requested, so I thought, "Oh well, I better, I better get a prize here." So you do have a very sort of strong uh, visual look, which is why one of the reasons why I decided to reach out to you. How do you think your previous experience influenced your photography style? That's a really good question because when I started to do it, um, the 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 fad um, in headshots was. Um, natural light outdoors um most we we sort of laugh about it now in the industry but it was the kind of leather jacket against a brick wall kind of look you know trying to look edgy but of course nothing looks less edgy than someone trying to look edgy <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah yeah i think we i think probably all of us used the same lane or we were at least in the same sort of square mile at the beginning <laughs> but um so when, when i came into it um, with the style that I have now, it was very deliberately not that. Um, I looked a lot at what was happening in the States and how the New York um, headshot looked and how the LA headshot looked and I sort of Frankensteined um, the best bits. So I tried to take the sort of um, editorial fashion grittiness from London with the framing from New York, which was a little further away. Um, and uh, I, I didn't take much from the LA uh, stuff because um, I, I I found it quite um, how do I be kind about this? Quite um, typical, you know. It was my casting type is a doctor, therefore I wear scrubs. It was very that at that time. It's it's changed a lot now. It's very sort of glamorous, but at that time that it, it was more character driven so i i didn't take much from the la style but i i just sort of frankenstein together what i thought was right influencing from my fashion background and did what they were doing in new york and what i knew from london and thank god it just seemed to work <laughs> and and was there any sort of specific photographers from that new york scene that you looked up to or all of my photography inspirations are not in my field. So I love um, I love Annie Leibovitz. She is God to me. Um, I love Patrick de la Marchelier, um, who I think just passed away last year. Uh, I really uh, love the work of her Brits, um, but they're all sort of fashion guys. And beyond that, I love the uh, uh, work of Rembrandt, the painter. So I always try and um, and capture that sort of moodiness and i think it lends itself quite well to the theatrical actor but it's it's obviously a more um a much more toned down version but i like it to have a little flavor of that 
And does that content. does that make his way into your editing style as well, or not? My uh, I used to get in trouble with my editing style because I would I would over edit um, at the beginning, and of course every photographer listening to this will know that you get carried away in Photoshop. Clarity All slider the- at eleven. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I my old rule of thumb was I would retouch it to how I liked it, and then immediately half everything. <laughs> so that that was kind of my old rule of thumb. But um, I used to get in in trouble a lot with my editing style at the beginning because it was too photography led. It was it was too much of a portrait. I mean, the headshot is a very specific thing because it must look like you. Um, whereas a portrait doesn't have to look like you, do you know what I mean? It just has to be a person. But the headshot must look like you as you walk in. So all of this heavy shadow and all of this, you know, noise and, you know, using gel filters and all, all of this sort of stuff, as time went on, the agents just sort of said, you know, can you not do that? <laughs> so so people will come specifically for just an honest image, for lack of better words. No, that's perfect word uh, for it. Uh, yes, uh, yes. That it, that if you walk into um, if you walk into a, a casting as an actor, and no matter how good you look or how sexy or how hot or how whatever you look in your headshot, if the casting director looks at it and looks at you and thinks, "Who the bloody hell is that?" It's a bad headshot. No matter how good it's lit, no matter how you know. Um, it has to look like them. It has to look like them on a good day, of course, but it, it has to look like them. So um, the only gear question today is uh, yeah. what is your uh, favorite uh, camera lens combo? Oh, um, well, I have a few, but if, you, if, if it's a gun to the head situation and I had to choose one, it would be the 5D4 with the 50 1.2 and, and is the 5d your uh, your main go-to is it or yes yes I, I i am i am in the market to upgrade um so i will be moving away from it but yeah the 5d has served me extreme i've had a couple over the years and it's served me very very well and do you think you're going to be jumping into the mirrorless side of things that's exactly what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> So um, uh, I know you sort of you you're quite keen to to keep the sort of lighting styles and everything um, kind of as as your thing and and I respect that. Um, yeah. Do you have um, a particular sort of frame of mind that you're going in when a client comes into the studio? Uh, uh, quite the opposite. I like to go in blind. I work for, I I work very well sort of impromptu. I think. Um, and I, I am, if I do say so myself, I'm lucky enough to be quite a personable person. So sitting down one-on-one with a stranger doesn't intimidate me at all. Um, and I know that that's not the same, uh, story for a lot of people. So I, that is, that is a a sort of bless, a blessing that I, that I do have, I suppose. Um, I, because I have such a specific way that I work and a specific look, that I have really the only person, the only thing that changes day to day is the person um, in front of me. So I, I, I don't like to heavily research that. I sort of like that to be um, to go in blind. If it's a high profile, um, you know, 
client for a magazine or something that requires some homework, then of course, then yes. But if it's my day-to-day portraits for actors, then no, I, I, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, the actors look around and they're sort of recommended and that, you know, I've been around enough now that they know a bit about me. So I know whoever comes in, um, to have their photo taken sort of, sort of knows what to expect. They've either had a friend who's been in or, you know, they, they, they sort of know. So it's, it's never, um, it's never a, uh, it's never a huge shock. I, I, I don't get my mind blown a lot by anything I'm asked to do these days. I've been doing this for, you know, over 10 years now at this point. So it's, um, it's pretty standard stuff now. I still love it, but it's you know it's 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 not um it's it, it's not quite pinned by numbers, but it's 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 more it's more it, it it's it's familiar. So, do you do anything to um, say, for example, throw a bomb into the pot and see what happens? I do. I've actually been very inspired this uh, since sort of March this year, this spring or this summer, whatever that qualifies as. Um, I've, I've, I've been inspired to do sort of new, a new style or a new, uh, a new sort of take. It's still in, it's still in the wheelhouse of what I'm known for in requested or, um, it's a new background. It's an augmented version of what my sort of signature lighting is, um, which I won't be telling you <laughs> how I do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's it, it, I'm, I'm quite excited about it it's it's very very good um i find for clients of color which is also something that i'm known uh for for doing quite well and i'm very proud to have that mantle and it's 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 um a very complimentary way to um to light uh deeper skin tones so i'm um, i'm interested to throw that into the mix moving forward as as a portrait photographer, uh, you aim to create a relaxed atmosphere for your clients. Uh, how yes. do you achieve this, and, and why do you believe it's essential to capturing authentic and confident expressions in your subject? Well, my my first kind of thing that I do is I don't dress up nice. I don't put on a suit. I don't sort of look stuffy. Um, I think a lot of actors get quite intimidated by that aesthetic um and suddenly maybe think that they're back at school or they're back um you know or meeting their accountant or something i don't, I don't know but i so i i try and look um you know like i'm clean but i've not made an effort you know um so that 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 is the first thing i always start my sessions with an hour-long chat 45 minutes to an hour always um, because I think specifically for what I do, I think the actors are coming in full of insecurities and anxiety and it's a big day for them, you know, because it's a, it's an expensive day and if they don't get it right, they have to get it redone, you know? Um, so they're kind of coming in with their shoulders by their earlobes and typically some of them are, you know, just walk in like it's like, it's nothing of course, but you know, the, the typical is is the, the the nerves and i find that that first sort of 45 minutes to an hour chat is um is the thing that disarms them so would you say it's kind of like bringing them home yeah i mean i, I like my sessions to feel like you're just coming around to a friend's house to chill that's that's how i like them to feel 
So with such a, a strong look in your images, how do you ensure that each portrait reflects the individuality of these clients? Well, the good thing about having a strong look that I'm sort of now familiar with and, and can and can just sort of whip it out of the bag as it was, um, is I know that so well. So I sort of know if I have the light here, it's going to hit this angular face in this way. You know, it, it's sort of almost just instinctual. And because it's at that point now, I can then devote the entire um, rest of my energy to just working with the actor. And I like to work with actors as actors, not as models. So I don't like to sort of put them in into poses and things like that. I I, I will approach it in a more, you know, oh, you you you've played a lot of you know Shakespearean leading man. So give me a bit of that, you know, give me a bit of that intensity and that. Um, and, you know, I, I always say at the beginning of my session, you know, I get very animated and I do, I sweat a lot. It's a workout. <laughs> uh, does that pull from your experience as an actor or? Yeah. So I think it has to, I, th I, th I think, I think you have to work in ways that you're familiar with. Right. And for me, cause I did it for so long, I, uh, I, I know the territory well, I know how my clientele think, because I was that, you know, and um, yeah, I, I think it has to. So you're based in London? Yes. And London is a, a vibrant city with diverse communities and cultures. Something, how does yep. the uh, city's atmosphere and energy influence your photography? Honestly, not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I, I'm honestly in London more out of necessity because for what I do, it would be silly to to not be here. A lot of them are going to Manchester now, which is starting to bubble uh, with a bit of a, an acting scene. You know, the BBC and everything has moved up there. Um, so that that's pretty cool. But for, for us in the actor's headshot world, we've sort of got to be where the work is. And that's at the moment still London, now a little bit Manchester, but it's still primarily London. If I could do what I do in a sleepy seaside village with no phone signal and a beach at my doorstep, I would. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get the, the the footfall here. I'm not really a city boy. So it's 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 just purely sort of necessity for you then. Yes, I mean you've kind of inspired me now to sort of think about that because London has never factored into any of my work in any way apart from being the location that I should be at. So speaking of inspiration, um, do you do any personal projects that to help you stay invigorated? Actually, nowadays, no. It's been a while since I've picked up, if I'm being honest with you, it's been a while since I've picked up the camera for pleasure. Don't get me wrong, what I do day to day is a pleasure and it is the reason I got into photography. So if that counts, then that counts. But to pick up a camera to just fool around or test or it's it's been a long time it's been a very long time at, at least five years I, I think i think that's quite normal when when you get into photography as a business it's it's quite easy to lose that that childlike passion for sure i mean when i go on holidays now you know my friends we, me and my partner we went to malta last year my friends said, oh, you're going to get such amazing pictures and i said i'm going to get away from the camera <laughs>
So did you deliberately leave it home then for that? Absolutely. As a photographer, you've probably encountered various challenges and unique moments during your sessions. Could you share a memorable experience or encounter that left you left a lasting oh. impact? Oh God. Okay. I mean, let's, let's be careful which one we choose. <laughs> of course, uh, the most memorable things that tend to happen in here, it, they sort of happen in hindsight. You know, if you photograph someone who's 20, 21, they're coming out of drama school and, uh, you know, they're nervous about the industry and they have all their anxieties and you get to know them and you get the shot. It's a great day. And then cut to three years later, they're the lead in a Netflix show. That's, that's always a complete thrill. Let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always an amazing thrill to sort of see that. And then, you know, typically we will sort of be following each other on Instagram or something. And I shoot them a message and I'm like, oh my God, you know, thank you as well for everything. You're like, oh, it's, it's great. You know, it's, that's a real thrill. With them um, being able to pull your style out of the bag, as, as you mentioned, how do you stay mo motivated and inspired as a photographer, especially when working on long-term projects or during periods of creative block? I think it's super important to uh, have something else. I I went to um, I went to a a, a meeting uh, of a photography um, collective of sorts, um, and all they talked about was cameras and photography and lighting and softboxes and editing and actions and AI and this and that and the other. And I just, I was so bored. I was so bored. You know, I, I think it's so important to have something else that you love and that you're passionate about, whether it's fitness or some sort of performance based thing or, or just, and Dungeons and Dragons, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I love it. Um, I, that sort of keeps me motivated to keep going. I do look at photography, especially what I do. I look at it as a job. I think I have to look at it as a job or I'd go mad. You know, and it, like any job, some days it's great and some days you want to quit and some day, you know, it's, it's, it's that. But I think having a hobby or an interest outside of photography is for me the key. Um, during the times during COVID, um, for, for myself personally, um, it nearly made my photography business collapse. How did it affect you in London? Oh, uh, well, I mean, COVID was, <clears throat> COVID was a terrible time. And, um, I mean, I, th I think for all of us, you know, right. I, you know, from the biggest photographers in the world, right down to the ones just starting out, I think it was the same, the same thing. It was absolutely devastating. I mean, I, I wasn't able to work for about. I mean, it was, it was months on end. It, it felt like years. Um, I was quite lucky in the sense that when we were allowed to work, my bookings went crazy. I, I was, I, I appreciate that that does make me sound like an asshole. No, it's, um, I, I think a lot of people, cause I, I, I supplemented my work with 3d design. Um, yeah. and I had a, a very similar response from my 3d side of my life that I do um, 
So it's I, I don't think it makes you sound like an asshole. Yeah, I I, f- I found the COVID times personally quite struggle uh, uh, quite a struggle. In in ter- in terms of business, I survived it quite well. Coming out of it, it has it's not what it was. Um, because I I am aware I'm I'm at a higher price point and we are in a cost of living crisis. I that th- that is something that that is on my mind but it's it's not what it was but i i'm okay and and do you think the the current cost of living crisis should have an effect on your pricing that is such a tricky question i think it depends on your financial circumstance um the the answer is in a perfect world no but it's not a perfect world and i think we should as a community of photographers try and remove some of this stigma of people dropping their we don't know people's financial situations we don't know um because i i hear it a lot in in the london community of oh he must not be doing well because he's dropped his like, shut up shut up you know yeah i mean it's um it, it's difficult to know the issues that that any client is having all we see is uh, when they contact us. So, yeah, I I, I did um, I did introduce um, a new package for returning clients that 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 is a lot cheaper for this reason, and it it has experienced quite a spike. Is 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 that because do you think it's because it's the cheaper way, or do you think it's because they're generally? I th- I think I think at this point, I think what happened when COVID hit, a lot of the actors that were in were they went back to work so the the actors that were out of work enter year three of no work um especially in the theatrical industries and now we're getting to the point where the actors in year three some of them have started to get employed but some uh, a majority of the the clientele is entering their fourth year of unemployment and i think a lot of them are leaving london you know to go and save for a year to then come back or or they're having to do it, you know, on on the the cheap. Um, and and I I respect I respect that I respect the hustle. And and for for returning clients, you know, if if they want to come back, that means they've had a good time. So I'm I'm happy to do a shorter session that's sort of less involved. You know, we don't have to do the sort of hour long chat at the beginning and all of that. And um, because they they know me and they you know they're coming back, so it's it's. Um, so I've, I've introduced that, which is more of a sort of typical, you know, short, basic headshot session. And it has, I think, I think if, if the client were being honest, if they were in a financial situ- situation where they could, I think they would want to come back for the, for the kind of uh, meat and potatoes package that I've always done. But I, I'm noticing a good hit rate with it. So I'm going to carry it on. It, it is, I've literally only had it up for about three weeks. So it's, I, yeah, so I, I'm I'm keeping an eye on it, and of course talking to my business manager to see if it's viable moving forward and all of that stuff. But we'll see, we'll see. But I think the cost of living is, frankly, and excuse my French, a complete bitch. You know, it's it's a horrible time that we live in at the minute. And and at the time of recording, it's I don't think we're over the hill yet for it. No. No, and I, I shan't bring my political views into this. <laughs> but do you think that the cheaper package is a reduced quality? 
no, not at all. No, I I I went in to do um, a a lecture um, as a as a guest uh, professor at a London university. Maybe it, I don't know if I can say which one. Anyway, I I, I won't say which one. But it was um, anyway. I, the the question that was asked to me then was, um, how long does it take to nail a headshot? And the answer is seconds. Um, it, it 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 really. I find it, um, I find it quite intuitive and I find it quite, um, honestly, I don't overthink it. So I find it quite simple. You see the moment you go for it. So I, I believe that an hour, an hour and a half is a perfect amount of time. To me, the, the time I like to spend is on relaxing the client. That's the bit that, um, I think photographers should spend more time doing because I, I find that it's easier when the client is relaxed. It just, to me, just sort of happens. So I, I don't think there's a reduction in quality at all. You know, typically this, this is for returning clients only. So they know how I work. They know how I am. They're coming back. You know, they know I don't like certain cuts of clothing and things like that. So, you know, they, they're, they're sort of, um, you know, it's, it, it's more a continuation rather than a start. Exactly, you know, and if there's time, you know, after the session, then of course, then we'll sit down and chat them, you know, but it's, there's no sort of pressure to, um, to quickly become pals with someone you've just met at that point. With, with you being able to pull your style out the bag, is there any worry ever of becoming the sausage factory? Yes, uh, funny you should mention that. That is how I felt as the pandemic was hitting. So in a way, the pandemic arrived at a very good time artistically <laughs> for me. Um, because, yeah, 2019 was the year of every time I opened my emails, there was 10 or 15 bookings, new bookings. And of course, being being an artist, you want to make hay while the sun shines. So I tried to squeeze them all in and completely overexerted myself and burnt out. Um, as a result of it, I burnt out just around the time the pandemic started. So you were ready for the holiday? I was ready for the holiday, yes. Uh, but it's funny you say that. Coming back from the pandemic, that was the that was the goal, was to never be that busy ever again. Because it did feel like that. You know, I would I would wake up in the morning uh, at about ten o'clock. If I had time to eat something, I would. Um, then I would do my emails, and then the clients would arrive from eleven o'clock. I would do eleven o'clock, two o'clock, five o'clock, which would take me up to eight o'clock. Um, so a, a eleven a.m. to eight p.m. photography day with no breaks. And you work six and days a week as well. I worked six yeah. days a week at that time. Uh, and then when they they left, I would do my emails, and I would I would at that time I I had the help with uh, a couple of retouchers as well because I just couldn't manage the workload. But I would still be doing some of it too, and I would work right through till four in the morning, go to bed, get up again at ten o'clock, and do the whole thing again. See, I I listened to that, and as as somebody on the spectrum myself, I have to calculate in decompression time. Yeah, I think I think that's where I went wrong. I didn't. 
and I think that's where because it it was it was very very hard here. There was a, a lot of mental health struggles here at that time. But of course, ding dong, the doorbell rang and the smile got painted on, and you know all of that. And I I, I performed. I gave them a show. You know, um, but it, it it you're absolutely right. And to any photographers listening who sort of think that that might sound good or you know oh how amazing that you're so in demand and 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 all of that um if you ever get to that point and i hope you all do who are listening but if you ever get to that point where you're where you're in demand do factor that in because it that that is a killer that is a killer yeah it's it's definitely something that over the years i've had to factor into into my work because not only does my work end up suffering as a result um but ultimately i've got basically a, a social battery and yep. when that runs out i i literally just collapse um on the bed and that's that's what a lot of people i think don't realize about photography work is it is social time as well so when your social battery runs dry you don't see your friends you don't see your family you know and it just becomes this thing that you are you are Samuel Black photography, not Samuel Black, you know? As you mentioned, you're, you're putting on a show. So while they are still getting you, it may yeah. not be the natural you. No, I, as, as, uh, Samuel Black, the photographer, is, uh, is I don't want to say a character, but he sort of almost is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a trained photographer, so I play the role of a photographer. Um, every day um, so <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that but it's it's true it's true you know I've, I've I've managed to do something that that works for me but I don't know how or why it works on a technical level at all but yeah you're abs you're absolutely right but also that it, it appeals to the part of me that came here to be an actor you know I'm I'm still sort of doing that I, I think I I I definitely relate to that. Um, just purely because I'm not naturally Mr. Social. So so I have to do the, put on the, the I'm the professional photographer act. Well, you're very good, is it? I mean, I've only been on the call with you for about, you know, 40 minutes or something. And, you know, you have me sold. Well, one of the, uh, one of the things that I, I genuinely enjoy, which is why I created the podcast, is I enjoy learning about the actual person themselves. Do, do you find it similar in, in your photography when you're actually getting to know them? Absolutely. absolutely. And it, it's very funny. And in, in the same way that I said before, you know, I wish photographers didn't talk about photography so much. I wish actors didn't talk about acting so much. And the best days I have here is when we're talking about something like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, if a client comes in and they play as well and we nerd out over that for an hour, then do the work. And you know that th that's always the best day here. But when you know they sort of come in and it's it's all about you know, you know Sam Shepard's new play or you know whatever, um, or Tom Stoppard. Who am I thinking of? I've got names mixed up. But that's how that's how little I pay attention to it. And I think is who I was saying. Anyway, but um, but uh, when it's all about that and about like the nuances of acting or you know um someone's taken a particularly intensive method acting course over the last six weeks they're telling me all about it you know it's it's sort of 
you know, you you have to be engaged because you're there to do a job. But if if it, if I wasn't there to do a job, I would have zoned out, you know, a long time ago. And and do you try and lead that conversation so that it becomes about them rather than their job? Yes. And of course, some, sometimes sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, sometimes that's that's what they're there for. And you sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite good, I think, at picking up on social cues. So I know when someone is just not going to bend. And, and then I, I then play the role that they want me to play um, in the conversation. Um, yeah, it's, but most of the time, most of the time it, you're able to, once they're chilled out and they, they realize, well, for me, that they're not here to impress me because I'd hate that. Um, I hate people trying to impress me because like, who the fuck am I at the end of the day, you know? But once they, because they, you know, they've heard from their agents and casting directors and they oh, go to this guy. He's, you know, he, he is what he is. And, you know, maybe the shots might, you know, change your life, change your career. Once they let that go and they just meet me on the middle plane that I like to exist at, which is we're just two human beings who, you know, take a shit in the morning, having a conversation, you know, once we're at that plane, then it sort of just, for me, it just happens. If we don't quite hit that plane, it's always more of a tug of war, photographically speaking, for me. And, and do you think with it being actors specifically, that part of it actually requires them to be a character in, in front of the camera? Well, I always think with actors, you're you're being cast on your acting range, so that's got to be your headshots, right? I mean, there there are other headshot photographers that will say that's completely sacrilegious, and that I don't know what I'm talking about. And no, your acting headshots should be neutral, blank canvas, so anything can be projected on. I I, I understand that, um, that that school of thought, but for me, I think. You're, you're, you know, I get clients coming in and they're like, I always play policemen. I always play soldiers. I always play the romantic leads. I always play damsel in distress. I always, you know, I get that. So I sort of think that that's what it should be. And I know that, you know, I know people would disagree with me on that. That's absolutely fine. But it's just my own um, personal taste is I like to see an actor show their casting range and throw a few curveballs in because why not? And of course, you always get the neutral one because it's the easiest one to take. Just sit there and open your eyes, you know. <laughs> and, and do they tend to to come in on their own, or do they have a with an agent? Or I've had it all. I've had you know mums come in because, of course, you know their their young girl has come down to London and is going to meet with a photographer, and the the parents aren't in the industry. It sounds dodgy. I understand. So I've had them come in with their parents. I don't mind that at all. I quite, I quite like chatting to the parents because typically we're, you know, now with the kids who are coming in, me and the parents are typically in the same age range. So the effort, the references that that we can sort of volley it out, um, are are often lost on the client who's young. You know, oh, remember that show from the nineties? And they're like, the clients like, no, but the mums, like, oh my god, I loved it. Um, so I get a lot of parents coming in. I have had agents coming in. I've had friends come in for moral support. You know, I've, I've, had, I've had it all here. Dogs, emotional support, animal, you name it. I've had it all here. And I, I, I don't mind it. I think, you know what, I, my ultimate goal is to relax the client. So whatever the client needs to do 
to relax. I'm, I'm kind of all for it. I mean, the only sort of thing I don't like a lot is if a client brings, you know, a bottle of alcohol to have a little bit of Dutch courage, that's fine. But if they start to get messy, I, you know, I sort of try to wrap it up pretty quick then. Um, but what, whatever the client needs to do to, to feel most comfortable, I, I sort of, I sort of just let them do it. Yeah. And so headshots are crucial for actors, models, and creatives in establishing their professional image. What yes. advice would you give to individuals looking to get the most out of their headshot sessions or, and to make a strong impression? Trust the photographer. We are not trying to make you look bad. We are not trying to light you badly. We're trying to do the job. Just trust the photographer, you know. Um, I've had a lot, especially post-pandemic, and my heart goes out because I was someone who gained weight over the pandemic as well. Coming in, you know, maybe two stone heavier than what they were, trying to look thinner. And then, of course, I get the blame because I've, I've lit them in a way that you know, oh, you've made me look fat, and it's like, no, it, you've just you've came, you know, well, you know what? What am I supposed to do here? So, you know, of course, I lean them forward, bring their chin forward, and try and do everything. But we're not, we're not your enemy. The photographer is not your enemy. You know. In in your opinion, how how can portrait photography serve as a means of self expression and storytelling? Ah, well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, in the framework of what I do with my headshots or in the framework of general? Whichever. Hmm. Okay, well, in, in the headshot, I would... That's a really good question. I haven't even thought about that. Um, in, in I think, with it, when it comes to my own personal headshot work, I, I don't think I can factor a lot of that in because it is a product I'm selling at the end of the day. So... It should be about, it should serve the client. And I think if I start to let things like that come in, that might, for me, take away from it because I know I get carried away. But in terms of the, in a, a portrait in general, oh, that's such a good question. What do you think? So um, ultimately, I find with a, with a session that it's not about me. And it took me many it, it took me many years to to realize that. Um, I think it depends on the context. I've just been booked to do uh, quite a big job, more in the fashion realm, and it gives me a little more of of that uh, input. I, I I like to bring out the 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 ones where then they're not so sure, like the. I, I'm. I Good. don't mind the not smiley happy pictures. Yes. Um. I I like the ones where they look like they're they're in a vulnerable moment. Oh yeah, but I think that's such a photographer thing, isn't it? Because we love to see that, but typically the client doesn't like that. Have you well, noticed? Uh, in the I do a lot of uh, body confidence shoots. Um, love and, that. and yeah. I've shot everything from. Uh, 18-year-old anorexics right the way through to 65-year-old breast cancer survivors. Love that. And it, for me, it has to be about them. For them, that's such a, a, a changing experience in a lot of cases. I, I, I fully, fully agree with you, depending, depending on, on the brief. brief. 
you know if it's if it's some like the the job that that I've just booked the, that has to highlight and serve specific things that I must not get in the way of. But purely on a creative thing, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. It has to be about the client. They have to see themselves. And I've I've had tears and and happy but happy and sad. And oh yeah. It's um for some of these some of the women it's mainly women that I've shot um in doing these uh, body confidence shoots. In some of these shoots, uh, they've never seen themselves in that way. So they they spend an entire year or years just hating what they see in the mirror. So if for one moment I can make them go, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think that's, that's something we can all really, I don't know about you, but I know, I know for myself, like the, I, I have body confidence issues. And I think if the photographer also has the issues with their body, I think they become automatically a little more sensitive to that kind of world. Um, that kind of feeling, and I, yeah, I, it, it's it's interesting you, ma- you mentioned tears. I've had that a few times here. I've only had one instance where the client hated the shots and they stormed out. But once in ten years, it's not bad going. But it is more what you've just described is, oh my god, I never thought I could look like that. I mean, in in a specifically the the body confidence shoots, ninety uh, percent of the shots they will not like. Absolutely, absolutely, but it only takes one. Yeah. Soon, as soon as you get that one where, and I don't know about yourself, but I'm one of the people that shows the back of the camera. Yeah, I am too. I think it's so important. And as soon as you get that one where they go, you, yeah. you, you know that that's the turning point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> by that point, we can bring out the wine yeah. and, and, and off we go. I, do you do you provide beverages in your sessions? Because I used to do it, but then I stopped. Uh, I've got tea coffee facilities. Yeah. If they want to bring wine, they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't drink personally. Uh, but it's it's fine if if they they want to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of the same now. I I used I used to sort of because I tried to treat it like um. Do you know if you go to a sort of high-end um, designer thing to buy a handbag or a pair of shoes or something like that. And they bring out the champagne and, you know, it, I, I tried, I used to do that. I, I see that more as a wedding photographer thing. Got it, yeah, fair. Yeah, I used I used to try and do it like that, but, you know, I'm uh, actors, I love them to death, but, you know, a, a lot of them, you know, I'm doing the drinking gesture with my hand. so i i quickly put a put an end to that but um yeah it's i'm sort of the same now if if they want to a lot of my returning clients will bring a bottle or something you know to have a toast after um but uh but yeah it's um that that's an interesting uh cattle fish that one there we go from my uh photography business point of view um, how is your business structured? Um, so I have two packages. Well, now three, um, as of three weeks ago, I have my basic and I have my full portfolio. So the basic was, uh, just headshots. 
the portfolio was headshots and whatever else you wanted it to be, whether it was full body or, you know, if it's a musician, I bring an instrument or, you know, something like that. Or if it's a model, you know, I want to do this or, you know, someone body confident, like, you know, I've had a misacting and I want to have a photo with that. And so it, it, that, that was, uh, the, so the headshots um, are structured so I can do three in a day. The portrait session is structured so I can do one in a day. So typically I'll do one headshot session or two and then a portrait session um or now it's a new package with the top up it's designed that i can do two top ups in the morning a headshot session in the afternoon and a portfolio session in the evening um i'm also moving more into the fashion realm um and uh the celebrity portraiture realm now which is the sort of traveling uh, with all of your kit in a van day. So that is that is going on now. As, but that's a, you know, contact me and discuss a quote kind of thing. And an investment in painkillers. Yes. Oh, oh yes. I'll always get an assistant who, who is um, who is strong and silent. <laughs> no. Um, but th th those days, now I'm, I'm starting to do a little more of that, uh, which, which is kind of tickling my creative pickle um, because it's new. Um, because I, I, I shoot uh, from my home studio. I have a little setup where when you come into my place, you turn right and it's home and you turn left and it's work. It's a very nice space. And um, I've, I've been operating from here for the last seven years. So packing it all down and putting it in a van is quite new and quite exciting. And do, do you go down the sort of speed light route on that or do you go full gear? No, I, no, I take the whole thing, the whole shebang um uh, ju just for the um the the type of client i I, ca I can't actually tell you anything um at the moment but um but this the, the type of sort of clientele that book me for that it it's um i think if i showed up with sort of rudimentary equipment it, it, it's it's off on the wrong foot right so you've got to look the part yeah, that, for that I would wear something quite nice and arrive with my team, and we'll have sort of discussed on a call sheet and all of that, you know. So it's all it's all professional. And do you use any sort of studio management software or anything like that? Um, I I don't know. Um, you you've actually just said a term I've never heard before. Now I'm a typical old you know Windows Explorer and Lightroom. I haven't even graduated onto Adobe Bridge yet. I am recently interviewed the ceo of studio ninja um and it, i use it myself um i'll discuss it once the uh, podcast is over um but it's um it is more designed for freeing up it basically acts like a, an assistant for you oh that's yeah we'll talk we'll talk yeah i i, I do I, I my my photography sort of methods um in terms of of workflow could probably use a little bit of updating i i am oh i i found a system for me that works and i'm familiar with and i've just stuck with it but it, you know it probably probably could use a little bit of um updating let's say everybody needs a little help every so often yeah i, I i'm not one of these photographers that claim to know everything and I, I certainly do not know i always say what do i like you know what do i know but guess what what do you know do you know what i mean we're all just like we're all just making this up as we go along pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i find I, I find photographers have become 
very obsessed with gear. As a, as a model, those were my least favorite shoots. Those were the things where I, I felt like a prop or a, a mannequin. I think for myself, I worked with a lot of actors. Actors want to feel like stars. So I devote a lot of my time to making an actor feel like a star rather than, you know, oh, should this gel be at 0.63 or 0.65? You know, it's it that, that, that sort, sort of stuff. stuff. I do find technical photography takes out the a lot of the, um, the joy, the, the spontaneity. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm extremely impressed when I see a technically perfect photo, and wish I could do that uh, myself. But for me, that I don't think that's a route that would work for me. I think I, I would I would be very amateur looking if I started to work in that way. Love imperfections. I'm exactly the same. So my lenses, my favorite lens that I use um, is actually older than me. Stunning. We love that. It's, it's a Russian copy of a Carl Zeiss lens from 1972 or something. Love that. I love it. She's vintage, darling. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm my favorite lens for years and years and years. And to be quite honest, I only upgraded to the L series lenses purely because I just thought I should. But my favorite lens for years and years and years was a, a lens, uh, the Tokina 100 millimeters 2.8. And I know a lot of portrait photographers when they find that lens absolutely buzz off that lens. And I was exactly the same. But now I, I do prefer a 50 millimeter focal length. I just think there's that theory, isn't it? The 50 millimeters, the closest to what the eye sees. Yeah. Although there's, there's current sort of discussion that it should be 28 millimeters now, uh, just purely because that is what people are used to with their mobile phones. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I mean, I do, I do my, my favorite lens that I don't get to use a lot is the 35 one point, I think it's 1.4 or 1.4 eight or something it's the owl canon l lens um that's my favorite one to photograph on i just love how it looks for lens uh portraits i mean not as the russian one that i use is 58 millimeters so it's just a strange photo yeah. so you've just got weird. that just weird. slightly yeah. and it's got really swirly bokeh as well so i've never been a photographer that's been obsessed with I, I'm, I'm generally not, but in terms of the sort of character of the lens itself, sure. if, if you take a, a model or somebody and put them in trees, that yes. it's like they're falling down a whale. Oh, yeah, that's I, I, I love that look. I, I've never done it in my work because I mostly work, for anyone who doesn't know my work who's listening, I mostly work against painted backgrounds. So my focal length is normally quite wide because I want to see the detail in the background. And by the way, I should shout them out. My backgrounds are painted by the absolutely amazing Hapaka Studios. That's H-A-P-A-C-A. Hapaka Studios. Look them up if you ever need an painted background. They're phenomenal. So, um, coming towards the end of the podcast now. Yep. And um, I always ask who inspires you and uh, where can you find them? Who inspires me? Um, honestly, it's, it's not a lot of photographers, I have to be honest. 
Uh, my biggest inspiration um, ever is Alexander McQueen, the fashion designer. Um, I, his vision and what he was able to do with taking a bolt of fabric and turning it into a story. I love, I sort of feel the same way with my photography. I'm taking what is just a snapshot and trying to say something with it. I love how he did his shows. His shows had a narrative, there was characters, there was a progression, you could watch it all. I think a lot of people think fashion shows are quite vapid. Well, watch some of Alexander McQueen's work. Um, his, the, the studio has now been taken over by Sarah Burton because um, he, he passed away in 2010 and her work is still phenomenal, but it's not as theatrical as the original um, Alexander McQueen brand was. Um, I find him deeply, deeply inspiring. Um, I find photography-wise, it's it's Annie Leibovitz is the holy grail. Um, she she as I, I think a lot of photographers probably would agree uh, with with that. But her Brits, the way he was able to position, and he was one of the first photographers to. Um, I am a queer photographer, and he was one of the first photographers in the eighties and nineties to. For anyone who doesn't know, to sort of bring that idea of femininity into the masculine, and that I find that very inspiring. And in a lot of my work, a lot of my sort of um, nude studies and things like that, the, the men are often positioned in a more feminine, female fashion model-esque, in quotation marks, um, way, which 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 I like. Um, other inspirations um, that I have, honestly, it's, it's comedians. I mean, a lot of my work is actor-focused. I'm trying to make them laugh and relax. So I, I don't, I, I, I have, maybe I sound like a fraud here. I don't think about photography very often, um, which might sound sacrilegious to say. And I, I don't look at other people's work very often because I find myself becoming inspired by it or freaked out by it or threatened by it. I think that's uh, that's fair to say. I don't follow a huge amount of photographers, um, yeah. mostly because I'm I'm super open to being inspired by stuff. And I never want to copy by accident. Well, that's another conversation. That sucks. <laughs> so whereabouts can people find you? Uh, the best place to get me is www.samuelblackphotography.co.uk. And I'm also on Instagram at, at samuelblackphotography. Um, that's sort of the only two places I exist online. And I must, I must say as well, I don't post much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, I, I typically don't like social media. I think it's, um, I think it's all a lie and it's a lie that I participate in because of course I'm taking photographs. Um, but I, I find extensive use of social media to be probably a business hindrance, but a, but a personal pleasure. Okay. So. All the uh, links and everything will be in the show notes for the episode. Uh, I want to say a big thank you for taking the time to uh, come and have a, a conversation. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And just for those people listening, just remember, it's easier if you put the work in. This is Jay. Cheers. <laughs>